Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. I'm your host, Miles. And throughout this summer semester, we're doing a series of episodes titled Before You Go. Each episode, you'll hear a member of the Canvas team share about a topic we think would provide some food for thought as this year comes to a close and encouragement to carry with you moving forward. And this week, we are joined by our very own Matt Hawkins. Hey, Miles. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good. It's good to finally uh, finally be in the, in the studio with you. I know. I mean, we're into season three. It's the first time uh, we've had you as a full-fledged guest. Yeah, I've been, a, I've been a special guest before, but not the actual guest. Yeah. So, how does it feel to be on the other side of the curtain this week? It's, uh, it's good. It's a little, little weird. Kind of cramped in this closet with you, but <laughs> it'll be good. Yeah, it will be really good. It's like we finally have a, a character arc where the two of us got brought together for yeah. discussion. <laughs> so, um, to kick us off, uh, I think a great first question is, uh, looking back to your uni days, uh, a long eight, nine years ago, mm. uh, what stands out when you look back to those days? Um, yeah, I appreciate you calling me old there. It was subtle. Yeah. I actually had a really good uni experience. Um, I know not everybody has that, uh, but for me, I, I was really lucky and I really enjoyed my uni time. Uh, I went to uni in the States uh, at a place called Georgia Tech, Go Jackets, and uh, yeah, it was, it was great. My first year, um, I came in and uh, I did something which I had done in high school, which was uh, I was in the marching band. Um, I know our British audience may not have a ton of uh, context for that, but you know, it's, it's a, a band basically. And like during halftime of the American football game, uh, they go out on the field and they like stand in shapes and play music. Um, and it was, I enjoyed it in high school. And so I kind of decided, um, I didn't, that was how I made friends in high school. And so I didn't know how else I was going to make friends in uni. So I decided to do the marching band. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, so that was the autumn during the American football season. In the spring, I got connected with um, an organization called CCF, uh, which is basically a lot like Canvas, and I, you know, I just fell in love with it. It was such a great community, and I'm, you know, everybody there seemed really fun and easy to talk to, uh, and so I made a ton of friends, and I really enjoyed that kind of in the spring of that first year. Um, and so second year, I decided to not do band anymore and to just do CCF, and that was a great decision. I had a ton of fun. Um, I actually met my, my now wife that second year at CCF. Um, good trade-off um, from playing musical instruments to meeting your wife. Yes, that was a good decision um, on my part. So yeah, that second year was a lot of fun. At the end of second year, I decided to switch majors because that's a, a thing that you can do at American universities. Um, I had come in as um, aerospace engineering because I'm a dork and I like <laughs> airplanes. Um, but it turns out, uh, as an aerospace engineering major, you don't really do anything with airplanes. You just do calculus problems that happen to be about airplanes. And I didn't really like that. So I switched to computer science uh, for my last two years. Third year was really good. I you know, continued with CCF. That also was the year that I um, did a term as an exchange student at the Canvas location in Birmingham. Um, and that was how I got connected with Canvas and just immediately fell in love um, with that community as well. And... and that kind of planted the seed that, that maybe I would want to, to work at Canvas again after I graduated. So yeah, fourth year I came back, did some more CCF stuff, 
and sometime that year I think I decided that I did want to come work at Canvas and so that's kind of the the short version of my uni experience. That's a really cool story. Um, are there any specific moments or stories within the broader story that stand out? Um, yeah, there's, you know, lots of stuff that I remember. Um, I remember my, that first year when I kind of first got connected with CCF, you know, some of the other first years were really into this game, uh, Mafia, um, also known as Werewolf sometimes, and it got pretty heated. Um, if you haven't played, basically it's like a game where you're all like members of a, of a, a village supposedly, and a few people are in the Mafia and they're trying to like kill everyone basically, and you have to figure out who's in the Mafia before they kill all the townspeople. And uh, I know with our group, it got very heated. Feelings were hurt. Friendships were strained. Uh, we, we eventually had to stop playing. But there were definitely some sessions where we were late into the night, two or three in the morning, playing Mafia, accusing each other of, of double-crossing and, and all kinds of craziness. Uh, and so that was a lot of fun. I also remember we would... Uh, Thursday night was kind of the big event at CCF. Um, and after that, we would a lot of times go out to dinner or out to hang out afterwards, and so we'd go to um, Waffle House, is this American, like, diner-type place uh, that's really only good in the middle of the night. Like, you should never go to Waffle House when the sun is up, um, but late at night when you just want some some cheap breakfast food, it's a great, uh, great pick, and so we'd go to Waffle House in the middle of the night and hang out. Yeah, just like so many, like, community things like that, going to baseball games with friends, things like that, um, really stick out from, from uni. That's really cool. Uh, what do all those things, like, all these stories sound really based with other people and based in events. And how did that really develop your life? Yeah, I think um, I think that really gave me an appreciation for uh, what a good community looks like. Um, and that's you know what we're talking about today. Um, I think being in a community like that, in a place where you feel... Um, you know, at home is just really good. You know, it, it being in those friendships and things, um, you know, that's what all of my, all of my best memories from uni, um, are in the context of community, you know, hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. So yeah, that definitely kind of set the tone for sure. And community is a term we use around canvas a lot regularly. So, so that we're all on the same page when we're moving forward, talking about community, what does community mean to you? And what are you specifically talking about today? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, because uh, it is a word that we use a lot, and I think we all assume we know what we mean, um, but I think we might mean different things sometimes. For me, the the important part is that I think in a, in a real and, and good community, um, everyone is welcome. Um, it's a place where you can feel safe. It's a place where you can um, be respected for who you are, um, where you don't have to try to be somebody that you're not in order to fit in or, you know, you don't have to try to seem cool to, to prove to people that you deserve to be their friend or whatever. Uh, it's just somewhere that you can come and, and be yourself and be, be loved for who you are. Yeah, I think that's so true that you don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to fit the mold to be another person and do more or achieve more and then you can belong. But just as you currently are, it is good enough. Totally. Um, so why is community important when we're talking about faith and the idea of God? If it's something like, oh, if I believe in this, why do I need other people involved in this uh, journey? 
Yeah, I think that's a great question uh, because I th- maybe on the surface those two things don't seem immediately related, you know, faith and community, but I think they actually um, are very interrelated. Um, as Christians, we actually believe that God, if you've heard of the concept of the Trinity, um, basically this is the idea that God exists as three persons, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and we don't we don't need to go super into the in depth, but basically the idea is that God is a community um, and that each of these three persons um, you know, love each other, basically. And so uh, the Bible says that we were made in God's image, and I think that, that we were also made to be in community. Um, and so I think it is a huge uh, faith topic, because I think that's that's a big part of, of, of the Christian faith for me. Yeah, that it's interlinked um, to all parts of faith, sort of even from what we believe in, that mm-hmm. there is a communal God to helping us understand and grow in our faith. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the communities you are a part of? I think we're all a part of, of communities, and I think some of them are more obvious than others. You know, I'm, I'm a part of the campus community, obviously. You know, my family is a community. My marriage even is, is kind of a community, um, you know, just with me and her. Um, it, those are the ones that are, that are obvious and easy, but I think there's plenty of others. Um, I think our, our city is a community in some ways. Even your, your neighborhood is a community. I live in a, an apartment block, um, and my, my building is kind of a community, um, although I don't engage with it very much. Um, you know, maybe you're in a society or a club or something like that. Like Those, those can all be communities um, or just a, an interest group, you and some friends, you and your housemates. Like I think those are all examples of communities that we're a part of. And in a little bit, we're going to explore a bit more of what the Bible says about community and some of the thoughts uh, found within the Bible. But before we get there, why is community important to people who may not be exploring faith yet or just non-Christians? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for everybody. I think, um, like I said, my faith informs for me why we need community, but I don't think, I don't think humans needing community is a an inherently faith-based idea. Um, I think it's pretty clear, to me at least, um, even outside of, you know, my, my beliefs or whatever, you know, we all need each other. We need to be around other people. Um, we've all experienced loneliness, um, you know, wanting to be with people. Um, we've all had a, a time when we needed something, you know, whether that was very practical, like, hey, can you help me move? Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm going through this hard time. You know, maybe I uh, have a grief that I'm dealing with or just like uni's really kicking my butt right now. Um, in those moments, we need support from other people. And that's that's the role of community. Um, so even if it's not faith-based, like I think we all need that. And I think we all can can benefit from learning how to do that better. I agree. I mean, it's something no you hear the saying, no person's an island. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's so true for all of us, that we all need other people in our mm-hmm. lives. So what does the Bible say about community? I actually think the Bible has a lot to say about community. Um, I would argue that most of what the Bible has to say about how we're supposed to live our lives is is relevant to the idea of community. Um, so the first kind of part of the Bible that we call the Old Testament um, revolves around um, the Israelite people, and a lot of it is about them living as a community, them um, escaping from slavery and, and going to the promised land and then being conquered and exiled and back to the promised land. And all throughout this, um, you kind of see them exploring what does it mean to be a community 
um, God had kind of picked them as his kind of special special project in some ways. And I think a lot of the, the, the instructions he gives them are about how to live together as a community and how to, how to take care of people, how to um, keep everybody safe, you know, things about, um, you know, just justice and, and all of those things I think is very community-based. Um, and they sometimes did better than others, and so that's kind of why Jesus came, to kind of further show us um, what does it look like to be in community and to live with other people and to love them. Uh, and, you know, so there's this community with him and his, you know, his followers um, and how they share space and, and interact with each other. And that's, you know, him exemplifying, like, how to live in community. Um, and then a little bit later, like, after Jesus had left, um, we read about the the early church, you know, in the years and, and decades after Jesus had left, like, how they lived. And there's this passage um, in Acts that I was going to read about that time. It says... Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I just really like that because I think it's a great picture of um, their lives together. You know, I love that idea of kind of shared resources. You know, those who had more were, were you know, gave more. And those who needed more um, got the help that they needed. Um, and I just think that's such a great picture of, of what community can look like when everybody is, is welcome and, and cared for. Yeah, uh, the scripture Matt read was from Acts 2, uh, which is just a picture of the very, very early church, just after Jesus had uh, died and rose from the dead and left the disciples. Um, but before a lot of the chaos and striping and just sort of people getting in the way of things. And it was this really beautiful picture of um community at its best and finest. So if you want to read that, um, I definitely recommend reading Acts 2. Um, and so what do you find challenging about community? Because all of these things, as you said, we find in the Bible from the Old Testament and the Israelites to Jesus talking about community to the church and the um, rest of the New Testament. There are great pictures of what it can be, but it's not always easy, is it? No, it's definitely not. Um... And this is something that I've I've had to learn. Um, I definitely I identify as an introvert. Um, I, I definitely am, am refueled by having good alone time. Um, and so there definitely are times in my life when, even still, I, I can get in a place where I don't feel like dealing with people, where I don't want to deal with community. You know, I remember uh, at the very beginning of this whole pandemic lockdown situation, there was a part of me before I knew that it was going to be, you know, a year and a half um, that, you know, the idea of lockdown didn't sound so bad to me. Like, oh, I have to, I get to work from home. Like, I don't, I don't have to deal with people all the time. Like, twist my arm, you know. And obviously, I've, that's been proven very wrong. I miss um, being around people. I miss, you know, even even working in person. Like, I've, I've come around. I used to think that I could I could do most of my job from home. And now I, I definitely don't think that anymore. But I think. It, it is it is difficult, you know, because people are people are messy. People make mistakes. Um, even you know my best friends, even my wife. Sometimes they they will do things that that are hurtful, or they'll they'll you know say something that's not helpful, um, or and they have needs again. Like 
it's not all about them helping me with my stuff. Like they have stuff too. And, and sometimes it can be really difficult to help them through that. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather just hang out or whatever. So it is definitely difficult. It's hard work. Um, but it, it's definitely worth it. I think that's a great observation that yes, we have different personalities that there are extroverts in the world and introverts, but we all need community and it like there will be challenge different challenges for different personality types and different kinds of people um but it's one of those things where it is needed for all of us and i really liked what you said there about the reciprocal nature it isn't just about my needs getting met it is how can i love and serve people sometimes without outside of my comfort zone where it's not always convenient and what i would necessarily choose to do yeah for sure just as much as I would want to receive something from a community, whether that's help or whatever, like, you know, you also have to be willing to give that to somebody else in the community for it to work, um, which is beautiful and also challenging sometimes. Yeah, the two-way street nature of community is what makes it hard because we love when it's coming our way, the one-way street, but when it's sometimes we need to be the ones who are extending ourselves and pushing past our boundaries or comfort zone uh, is when community becomes challenging. Totally. Uh, so uh, how has your view of community changed over time? Yeah, it's definitely grown. Um, I think I used to think that it was very, maybe not very, but that it was, you know, merit-based. Um, if I wanted to be a part of a community, then I had to prove to them why I belonged. You know, I had to, maybe it was a, if it was a community based around a shared interest, like, you know, I had to have that interest. Um, you know, I had to show them that I was, uh, cool or, you know, at least normal, you know, that I was, uh, whatever it was that I brought to the table. Maybe it was my sense of humor or whatever it was that I, you know, had something to add to that community, you know? And so the idea of, um, clicks or, you know, social tiers, um, you know, that all kind of played into finding my, my niche. Like there's some communities that are good for me and some that I, that I don't belong in, um, or that, you know, any, any person, you know, may or may not belong in. But I think I've, I've realized as I've grown, like in some ways those might be a good place for a community to start. You know, there's nothing wrong with a, a shared interest, you know, a board game club or a whatever it is. But I think, the best communities um, are open to everybody. You know, you don't have to earn your way in. You don't have to, you know, have anything to offer. Um, you are welcome to just be yourself, be who you are, um, need what you need, and, and bring to the table whatever you have, and that can be enough. You know, you can be welcomed and loved um, as, as yourself. And I think that's a really powerful idea. I think that's um, almost countercultural in a lot of ways. But I really think that's what the best communities look like. I think that's what Jesus talked about when he talked about community. And I think that's what, you know, no community is perfect that I've been a part of or that anyone's been a part of. But I think the best experiences I've had have been in that direction of, um, you know, welcoming and, and accepting of everybody. I think that's a great point. The best communities aren't just homogenous uh, beasts where yeah. everybody's like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And hopefully that's what we're trying to do at Canvas is mm -hmm. bring different kinds of people together with different experiences. Um, and so some of our listeners um, will be perhaps entering a new stage of life and starting to 
move uh, into new cities and new jobs and new life experiences. And as these transitions start to take place, what advice do you have for people who are leaving one set of communities that they've developed and will start to begin to find new communities? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think the first thing I would say is that if that's something you're struggling with, you are absolutely not alone. Um, I'm now, what, seven or eight years out of uni, um, and plenty of friends that I, I know um, have talked to me about struggling with this. Maybe they graduate uni and move to a new city for a job, or maybe they stay, but they're, they're you know, close friend network move. Um, or even just like being out of that uni environment, there's, I think, fewer tools for making new friends and plugging in with a new community once you leave the uni. Uh, or maybe you're still in uni, but you, you know, are struggling with that. Um, and that, so I would just say like, it's definitely not easy. And so if that's something you're struggling with, it's not because you're weird or different or whatever. Um, it's just, it's a really difficult thing. And so um, the second thing I would say is that it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, and, and that you, I would encourage you to keep keep trying, keep working at it. You know, for all the all the reasons we've talked about, like I think community is is beautiful, and it's something that we all need. And so I would say, if you're struggling with that, um, you're not alone. It's not your fault. And also, like, keep going, keep working at it. Just practically, like, um, how to do that. Um, for me, church has been a huge way to do that. And so, if that's something you're open to, if that's something you're interested in, like I would say that's a great place to try to go to get plugged in. Um, even if you're not sure about the whole faith thing or, or religion or whatever, like if you're just looking to meet some people to talk to, like I think church is a great place to do that. Um, outside of that, you know, there are still options. There's um, shared interest groups. I know I just said that I, I don't think a community should be solely based on that, but I do think it's a good place to start is find some other people who are interested in board games or gardening or whatever it is, football, um, and, you know, start with that, start building that connection. And even like, just talk to people you meet, you know, meet your neighbors, um, meet people on the bus or, you know, whoever it is, just like meet people and, and get to know them. Um, and that's kind of where those organic communities can come from. And I, again, I, like, I know that's hard. Like for me as an introvert, like the idea of, of trying to like build community with the person sitting next to me on the bus is like, no, thank you. Like, absolutely not. Um, but it, it, like, it can be done. Like I've heard stories, it does work. Um, and it's, it's so good when it works out. I think that's just great advice because almost a lot of times our systems are designed to get the results they're doing. So if we just keep on doing the same habit over and over and over again, we're never going to develop the communities that a lot of us crave and really are looking for. And so a lot of times it's these baby steps. It might be asking a person to get a coffee this week or starting a conversation with that per co-worker or whatever it might be until you start having those things and pushing past some of your boundaries, you're not going to develop those communities a lot of times that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, our, our society is not designed for this. This is not something that is viewed as normal or important. Um, and you can see that in so many, um, so many ways, you know, I just see people on their commute with, with headphones in, um, you know, no interest in the world around them. And I mean, that's me too. Like I listen to a podcast on the bus on the way to work. Um, but it's just like, so, so much of what we 
do is based on, uh, you know, individualism and do your thing. And, and you know, uh, we're not encouraged to interact with people. And, and for those of us who are looking for that, who want to build those relationships, there's very little in our world that's built to facilitate that. And so it, it can be difficult for sure. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. It, it's a conscious choice that we have to make to choose community in a lot of ways. Yeah. And say I've had the courage enough to start having those conversations, asking a coworker to coffee, or having a beer with my next door neighbor. How do those relationships really develop from those starting places? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think... I think I would say there's a lot to say, but I think I'll say two things. Um, first of all, like you can never go wrong just asking a question. Like people love to talk about themselves. Um, and so, and a lot of us don't have the opportunity to do And so if you just say like, what are you up to like right now? Or like, what's going on in your life? Like, um, you know, it makes them feel, feel safe. Um, and it gives them the opportunity to, to share about something that maybe has been on their mind that they haven't had the opportunity to. Um, and in, you know, part two of that is, um, listening well, like actually being interested in the answer, um, makes them feel safe and, and valued in a way that a lot of us don't always get. Um, the other thing I would say is, is that I would encourage you to be vulnerable, um, which is a, a whole, we could do a whole other podcast about vulnerability. Um, and actually we, we know of other podcasts. If you're interested, we can uh, hook you up, um, but uh, it's not a it's not a warm cuddly word. I I know it sounds scary, um, but if you you know you don't have to share your whole life story, your deepest darkest secrets with with the person next to you on the bus. I would say don't do that. Um, but I think like kind of maybe make take the next step, like be a little bit more vulnerable than you might naturally. And I think you would be amazed how much that opens up. Like if somebody's willing to share with me, then that makes me more more willing to share with them. It builds the feeling of, of safety and trust. Um, and it's, you know, that's how you build those deep relationships and that, that trust with each other. Um, because somebody's got to do it first. Like, you can talk about football or whatever all afternoon, but until somebody says, like, I'm actually really having a hard time this week um, with with whatever it is. Like, that's how you start those conversations and that's how you build those relationships. So just like, what is what is that next step of vulnerability? What does that look like? Um, and see who you can who you can try it out on. I think that's a great takeaway because a lot of times we can we actually do have people around us in lives, but then we just feel like we can't actually talk about those things. Yeah. Uh, and then we feel boxed out. And so I think it does take some courage, but it's definitely worth it giving a shot and seeing what happens. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I just want to transport you back to Uni Matt. Uh, and if you could go on a time machine and go talk to that version of Matt, what is something you wish you could tell yourself, your uni self in particular? Mm -hmm. I think I would tell him to, uh, slow down a little bit. Um, I definitely remember moments where, um, I might be having a hard time or struggling, especially with the, the uni aspect of uni. Uh, maybe it was finals week or just a, a crazy... Um, term and I just would wish for it to be over. Like I just want to get through uh, this year and get to the summer or get to the the Christmas break. Um, 
and I think I, I probably in those moments was not really present. Um, I think I had um, this narrative that this, this week, this month, whatever is just going to suck. Um, and there's nothing I can do about it. And so I just have to like, you know, grin and bear it and we can try again next year. Um, and I think in doing that, I missed, it's not so that I was necessarily wrong. Like finals were difficult, you know, the uni was difficult, but there also were moments that, that were good that I probably didn't really fully live in and, and appreciate because I was just focused on like, you know, moving on to the next, the next season. And so I think I would say just like slow down. Um, it's not going to kill you. Like these difficult times are difficult, uh, but people have been there before and people are going to be there after you. Um, and if you, if you try to skip the bad parts, you're also going to skip the good stuff. And so I would, I think that's what I would say. Yeah. When you sort of just want to fast forward, you can't just selectively numb only the bad parts of life. Yeah. You will miss the golden parts as well. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway. Thanks for sharing that. Totally. And thanks, Matt, for joining us on our first podcast with you. Yeah, thanks for finally inviting me. I know. Uh, <laughs> we chose to wait until season three to include you yeah. in the podcast. Saving the best for last. Yep. Uh, so thank you, the listener, for joining us this week with Uni Life. Uh, for more information about this podcast and for Canvas in general, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Canvas Nottingham. And we will see you again next week as we continue our series. Goodbye. Bye.